This is a pre-download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. chapter 6, we'll be looking at the Lord's Prayer uh, I don't know you when I, I found that when I, when I looked at the Lord's Prayer it's like kind of, you must feel you're touching the surface, almost the, the more you go into it the more there is to it uh, and this one I want to look at uh, about give us each day our daily bread uh, and I think there's an incredible, incredible depth of truth in that, sometimes we, we see it as a, a kind of basic thing but there's so much more to it than that, let's read the whole prayer together to Matthew 6 uh, we're going to read from verse 9 because I said before that this whole prayer came when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. It came out of a desire, a yearning. They saw the prayer life of Jesus. They saw Jesus as a man of prayer. And out of that kind of encounter, really, watching him pray, they said, you know, we want to pray like that. We want to see the, the results. We want to see the fruit of that kind of prayer life. And so out of that kind of request came this the came this prayer from Jesus. And in verse 9 he says, In this manner therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So those are the phrases we've already looked at. But Verse 11, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I love that. There's a quote there that uh, I've got from Bill Hybels uh, in his book, Too Busy to Pray. And I thought he says something that's pretty powerful. He says, he says, prayer is an unnatural activity. From birth, we've been learning the rules of self-reliance and self-sufficiency. Prayer flies in the face with such deep-rooted value. It is a sort of independent living to people on the fast lane determined to make it on their own. Prayer is an embarrassing interruption. Uh, I just thought that's such a powerful quote because, because what, we're, what we're looking at this morning really is really it's a prayer of dependence. It's really learning to get to a point where we really learn to get dependent on God. Now, really, it really is that. It, the, the, the core of this desire, if you like, the core of this phrase in the prayer it's it's a desire for dependence on God and I found that God never wants any of his children to live in any uncertainty in their lives you know as a good father I don't believe he's a good father As, as a good father we need to believe that he really wants to meet our needs it's interesting that the very very beginning of the prayer is our father anybody notice that and it almost that that phrase, our Father, drives out an orphan spirit. Because a person with an orphan spirit is going to struggle with this prayer right there. They're going to struggle with it. Because they're so used to living a life of self-reliance, a life of self-dependence, a life that's kind of 
pushing and striving themselves, they've never learned to say, Our Father, I'm depending and relying completely and utterly on you, Our Father. And I think a person with an orphan spirit right there struggles with that phrase of the prayer, Our Father. Give us this day our daily bread. It's an incredible struggle for someone who has an orphan spirit. But those who grasp the truth, the revelation of Abba, Daddy, Father, this comes so naturally. Give us each day our daily bread. It's almost a picture. If I can put it this way, this is the best way to describe it. It's like you being at your lunch table, at your, at your, at your dining table, and you're coming to Father and saying, Father, I have these incredible needs that I need this meal, if you like, and all that entails. Please give me this day the need I have in my life. You're coming to Father's table. And the Bible says he sets before you this amazing banquet. Isn't that roughly? And so there's this sense today that we're just coming to Father and say, Father, we are dependent on you. Give us this day our daily bread. We need you so much. And he's saying, basically, notice this, it's something that we ask on a daily basis. I was thinking of the Lord's uh, Psalm 23. We're looking at all these kind of familiar scriptures. But have you ever thought how amazing Psalm 23 is, really? We get so familiar with it, we, we lose the impact of it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Wow. What, a, what an incredible position to be in that you can actually come and say because God you're my shepherd because you're my father then I shall not want isn't that awesome to be able to say that from your heart that kind of confidence that kind of sense that you're just so in a place of relationship with father you're able to say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want have you noticed that children have no difficulty in asking from parents? Have you noticed that? Is that true? It's, it's like almost normal and natural. And that's awesome. That's the way it should be. And that's the way we should be with our Abba, Daddy. Give us this day our daily bread. Not because I've earned it. Not because I deserve it. But because you are my father. And I'm your son. And I'm in this incredible relationship with you. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Now look at one phrase here. Sometimes we can miss some of these phrases. But notice the word give. Notice this. Us. Have we notice that? It doesn't say give me. It says give us our daily bread. And I kind of like that because it's not just about our individual needs. As we pray us, it's about meeting the needs of other people. In other words, when you desire the blessing of others, you're going to have no problem in God blessing you. Have you realised that? Isn't it amazing that sometimes we can be, people can be kind of almost jealous or envious of other people's blessings? And it's almost that when we, when we kind of desire blessings for others, then God's going to bless us. How many can say that? You know what Paul said? He really quotes literally the words of Jesus. He says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I've got a quote there, which is a kind of great quote from uh, Oswald Saunders. Or Sanders. He says, Although we have our own needs, we are to be concerned about our needy brothers. 
And we should ask nothing of ourselves that we do not ask for others. So the, the same things that we ask for ourselves, we should be willing to say, you know what, I'm praying for others the same way. God, if you, you, as I have a need for my life, I know somebody else has that same need. Will you also meet their need? Give us, corporately, our daily bread. Now, I just kind of says, that word give. Because I believe God wants to, us to pray for natural provision. I don't think it's wrong to pray for a job. God wants to meet our material needs. It's just us keeping our priorities right. Now notice this. It doesn't say, give us this day bread. How many have seen that? It says, give us this day our daily bread. And this is to me what the revelation is on this. He wants us in everything in life to be dependent on on him he wants us to depend on him to to provide for every sphere and every point of our life in other words he wants us right now to see us to see him as our source I think what happens is that when we look to other things to our source we're going to get disappointed if we look to people ultimately they're going to disappoint us. Nobody can ever be fully the person that you need. I only mean, realize that. And it's learning to say, God, you are my source. Because I found this, that if we begin to look to other things as our source, we're going to be so disappointed. Because almost, I think what God does, he kind of, it's almost like the things that we depend on, the things that we rely on, God has a habit of kicking those things from underneath us. It's this process where you look at something, you've been relying on it, you've been trusting in that, and the God begins to kind of kick it from underneath you. So that you learn he's your source. In everything of life, he is your source. And as you begin to learn those lessons, that he's our source, that's how we begin to grow in faith. Because it's learning to be dependent on God, not dependent on other things. Because other things are always going to fail us. Other things are always going to disappoint us. They're never going to bring us the satisfaction to the heart that only he can bring. We're saying, God, you are my source. Give us this day our daily bread because you're the source of all other things. I'm not going to rely on trust on anything else. I'm going to learn to rely on you. Because I know if I rely on something else, I'm going to get disappointed. I'm going to get... I'm going to feel empty and not satisfied because only you can truly meet the deepest cry of the human heart. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. We saw last something a few weeks ago that God said, hallowed be your name. I was thinking about, about the fact that, that when God is our source, when we realize he reveals who he is through his names. As you begin to look at the names of God, those names reveal the character of God. They reveal who God wants to be for you, your source. The word, the, one of the names of God is the name Yahweh. It's, it's a Hebrew word, but the, if you like, the, the, the Latin spelling of the word Yahweh is where we get the word Jehovah. 
And connected to Jehovah, really, it's a covenant name. It means the self-existent one. There's a, if you like, there are other names, compound names that are connected to the name Jehovah. There's eight of them, actually. And they're covenant names that reveal what God wants to be in covenant to you. Here's the first one. I'm not going to do all of them, but just look at some of them. For example, Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is always there. Isn't it awesome to know that? That whenever you're facing, the Lord is always there. He's always there for you because that's his character. That's who he is. That's the name he reveals himself to be. He reveals himself as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is your peace. So that means when there's conflict, when there's turmoil, it's good to know the character of God is peace. And I can rest and I can trust in the God who is our peace. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. The name that's really connected to all this, really, what we're looking at this morning, is Jehovah Jireh, which actually means, remember it's his character, it's who he is, it means the Lord who sees. All it means is the Lord's provision shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord's provision shall shall be seen. You know what that tells me? If that's his character, if that's who he is, as is revealed by his names, that means that he says, I'm the God, I'm the Lord, there is the God of provision for what you need. Jehovah Jireh. Isn't that awesome? And so I begin to see through his names, his character, and who he is, and when that kind of grips my heart, then I can trust and see that he's the source of every circumstance, of every need that I have. Look at Genesis 14. Now that name, Jehovah Jireh, was revealed to, to Abraham. Do you remember that, that story? Where he's about to sacrifice his son and, and then God reveals the lamb to him and he says, the Lord shall provide Jehovah Jireh. Look at Genesis 14 because... This is an incredible revelation that Abraham himself had. In Genesis 14, verse 19 to 20. And God blessed him. This is Melchizedek. says, And the Lord blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, God of Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And he, Abraham, gave him a tithe of your all. It's almost this sense that he began to see that God was the Lord Most High. No one could compare to him. No one is equal to him. He's the owner of heaven and earth. Isn't that awesome? And it was that kind of revelation to recognize that God was the source of all that he needed that actually enabled Abraham at the biggest test of his life, the Bible says, he staggered not at the promises of God, but believed his promise that God had given to him. Why? Because he had a revelation that God is my source. People aren't my source. Circumstances aren't my source. But God is my source. The God, the Lord of heaven and earth. And out of that, the Bible says, he gave. He, He blessed. Have that revelation 
of the awesomeness and the greatness of God. Remember someone saying, he owned this big orchard. And he had massive problems with his orchard. Literally the whole orchard was destroyed. And he says, the lesson I learned was this. He said, instead of, so I was focusing on the fruit rather than focusing on the tree. And if I'd have learned to focus on the trees, I wouldn't have had a problem. Isn't that true of life? Instead of focusing on the blessing, we focus on the blesser. Instead of focusing on the need, we focus on the source of our need. Look at 2 Corinthians. Again, what a great promise this is. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I think this is a great promise for us this morning. 2 Corinthians 9 verse, verse 8. Maybe you're here this morning, you've got, you've got all kinds of needs and all kinds of situations. What a great promise this is today. And God is able, how many believe God's able? To make all grace, and that's what we, we, we need, we need grace, the empowering of God, abounds, notice it, it abounds towards us. It's not limited, it abounds towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. Isn't that awesome? That is such an incredible promise. The abundance of God. The grace is enough. Again, one of the names of God. I mean, we don't need to limit God. Whatever he's called us to do, he's able to give us the sufficiency we need for it. Again, another name of God is the name El Shaddai. El Shaddai. And one of the kind of terms of meanings of that name, the God who is more than enough. And one of the great things that, that often people in the Bible face with great odds, great difficulties, great challenges, they discovered that whatever they face, whatever the odds were against them, they discovered the El Shaddai God who was more than enough for what they needed. They discovered he was more than sufficient. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance they faced, they discovered El Shaddai, God, as the source, was more than enough. Isn't that wonderful? The God who is more than enough. The El Shaddai God. Let's not limit him of what he can do in and through us. Now, turn with me to Matthew 4, verse 4, because not only does God provide for our kind of our material needs, our physical needs, if you like. But there's a kind of another, if you like, another part of this. Also our spiritual needs. Matthew 4, verse 4. This is the story of, of the temptation of Jesus. And Jesus here quotes from Deuteronomy, chapter 8. It's a temptation by the enemy, but notice what Jesus said in verse 4. For it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when we pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, God, would you speak to me? Would you give to me a word that proceeds from your mouth. 
God, would you speak? Would you give me, I promise, a word for my marriage situation? Would you give me a word for my work situation? Would you give me that word for my family situation? Lord, I've got a decision to make. Would you speak to me regarding the decision I need to make? Give us this day our daily bread. And that's what we need, really. We need to really. You know, God speaks all the time. I only realize that. It's learning to have our hearts that get so in tune with God that we're able to recognize and see his voice. What he is saying to us. I think one of the greatest things you can develop in life is a hearing ear. The ability to hear what God is saying and speaking to you. A word that proceeds from God towards you. Give us this day. God, I need your word to speak to me in this situation. Give me this day. Daily. How many of you realize we need a daily word from God? Is that true? A word that you would speak into my situation, into my circumstance. Give me this day. My daily bread. A word from him. If you notice this, and I'm going to look at it in a moment, but manna. Many theologians connect the, 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 the story of the manna with this connection. Give us this day our daily bread. You know what the word manna means? And there is something, men, not to say to your wife when she's cooked you this amazing meal. What is it? That's what manna means. What is it? That is a dangerous word to say. Let it never be in your vocabulary. Let it never be part of what you say. But here's the point. That they collected manna daily. Bread that was left over rotted and became stale because it was yesterday's manna. In other words, yesterday's word won't be sufficient for today. You need God to speak to you today. You can't live on a past experience. You've got to live on a fresh new experience that God wants to reveal to you every day. Can you say amen to that? Now, let's look at this idea of manna. Exodus chapter 16, because the manna actually was, a, as we're going to see in a moment, God used the manna as a test. And Exodus 16, which I think is kind of very much connected to what Jesus said, give us each day our daily bread. Look at verse 4 to begin with, with Exodus chapter 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. Notice this, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. Do you think they passed the test? Look at verse 16. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and they gathered some. Some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over. And he who gathered little had no lack. 
Every man had gathered according to each one's need. Now go down to verse 25, which is long verses there. Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find any in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So here's these kind of two tests, if you like. The first test was that, really, they gathered as much as they needed for that day. Now, it wouldn't be enough for tomorrow. It was always about enough for today. Why was that? Why did, why did God just make them gather just enough for today? And not, you know, store some off for the next day. You know why that was? Because he wanted them to trust in him. Just completely. Because if, if they had others stored up for tomorrow then how many know they weren't going to trust God for tomorrow? Is that true? And so God said, I want you to trust me every day. So that means every day you've got to gather just enough that you need and do the same the next day, the next day, and the next day. So I want you to live every day trusting that I am going to be sufficient for you. The story was that many of them thought they knew better. <laughs> and they gathered more than they needed, leaving it for the next day, where they discovered that all it was is full of worms, and it just rotted. Also, they were told on the Sabbath they weren't to collect any. Everybody knows they went out and did it and tried to gather more. Always to discover there was none there. You know what that tells me? It tells me this. That we shouldn't hold on to things. That we've got to learn to release things. We've got to develop, if you like, a spirit of generosity being generous learning to say God I'm just going to I'm not going to hold on to things I am going to be generous and I think there's loads of things that God pours into your life time all kinds of resources God uses natural things that he pours into us not for us to, you know, our talents, our gifts, and the resources that God pours into us really, ultimately, are not for us. I only realize that. They're for us to pour out and to give. I think it's awesome, incredible, that God can take natural things, and as we release them, they have an ability to become supernatural. Isn't it amazing that your gifts, your talents, that when we kind of release them, they take on a whole new realm. And they become something incredibly supernatural. I love this verse. I love this verse. It's a kind of weird verse, but I kind of like it. It's in Proverbs 21. And it's this picture of how that, that we kind of, we co-work with God. We use our gifts, we use our talents, we use, if you like, the natural thing God gives to us to achieve his purpose, to achieve his plan. And in Proverbs 21, verse 31. The horse is prepared for battle, but the day of deliverance is the Lord. That awesome picture. But we do our part. Remember, they had to go and gather the bread. 
They had to co-work with God. It wasn't all God. God provided the food. They had to go and collect it. And as they collected it, God began to work and God began to do amazing things. Gifts, talents, resources, having supernatural impact as we release them, but not hold on to them. We release them, give them, and amazing things. Being Living a life to say, God, everything you've given me today, I want you to use it to be a blessing to somebody else. Amen. Now, notice this. Give me this day my what? Daily bread. Look at another verse here in James 4. This sense of daily bread. That kind of struck me. Daily bread. James 4 verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas do you not know what will happen tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapour that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead of what you ought to say, the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. He's saying, don't, it's not good saying tomorrow. We should say as the Lord wills. Do you remember when you were a young Christian? You prayed for everything. You prayed for a car space. You prayed for... You still do. I'm definitely there. I'm glad you... That's, that's the point. You, you still do, which is awesome. You pray for, you pray for what, what... What clothes should I buy? You know, well, what, what's that clothes? That's the best clothes. You pray for literally absolutely everything. You know, Angie still, I mean, Angie, she, she, she will pray for absolutely every little thing she'll pray for, which is awesome. I think sometimes as we go on in God, we can lose that kind of childlessness. We can get too sophisticated. We, we, kind of, we don't have to pray for those things anymore. Rather than being a person, let's never lose that kind of simplicity of faith that just says, God, I'm just praying about this. Every need, I'm bringing before you. Would you guide me? Would you lead me? And so you bring everything to God in prayer. You, you, you've got that childlikeness, that, that simplistic connection with God. And he says, pray each day for your daily needs. Why is that all about? So i tell you what that's about. Do you notice after Matthew 6 what Jesus talks about? He talks about not worrying. And until you learn this lesson of learning daily to depend on God you're going to be overwhelmed by worry. And the way to deal with worry is to know that God will give you sufficient for today. I found this. That often God will give us sufficient for today and we've got to use what he gives to us. I love the story of the feeding of the 5,000. That's one of my favourite ever gospel stories. It just blows my mind when I think about it. The feeding 5,000. There's, there's 4,000 and there's the 5,000. And they bring to Jesus five loaves and two fishes. Do you know what he says? That's sufficient. Isn't that awesome? That's enough. That is enough. That's all I need. I, that is sufficient. 5,000 people, five loaves, two fishes. And listen to what he does. He breaks the bread, the Bible says, and he looks up to heaven. In other words, he's not looking to earth. He's looking to his father and saying, Father, thank you. 
that this is sufficient. He took what he had and released it. Here's the key. Sometimes we look what we have and we look at the challenges we think that's not enough. But God says if you would just take what you have and use it, then I, if you take what you have and use it, then I will bless and I will use what you have to do something amazing, something incredible. But you've got to release it. And as you release what you have on a daily thing, then I'm going to take the, the little what you have because what have you done? You've allowed me to come. You've allowed my source to come on what you're releasing. And as you release, as you release your source, and I will multiply it, I will bless it, and I will cause it to have incredible impact. And you'll be amazed of what small things that you seem that seem so small, so insignificant, and it's released to God can have just this amazing impact on lives. Have you seen that? Yeah, just a word, just a just a just a simple way that you're given to bless somebody. I remember someone telling me that here in Guernsey, that God told them to go to a certain house and just take just a small, just a small group of groceries. And the incredible impact that had on that whole family was incredible. Because that woman had said this, if there's a God, then let that grocery turn up on my door today. Just something so small, seemingly so insignificant, blew that whole family away. And there's something about taking what we have and saying, God, I'm releasing it. And believing that you as the source can do something so amazing and so incredible with what I do, what I give in that. How many have found that really today is all you need? He's the source. He's just, because he's the source, he's just waiting for us to act. Today, really, is all that you need. What I'm saying is this. How many realize enough for today is sufficient for everything you need? Here's the thing. See, if you are so focused on tomorrow and wondering, am I going to have enough power for tomorrow? Am I going to have sufficiency for tomorrow? You're going to be full of worry. Because God will only give you enough grace for when? Today. It will just be for today. But when tomorrow comes, there will be enough grace for tomorrow. I love this fact that, that, that God doesn't run out, okay? That maybe today there's a certain need, but tomorrow you may have an even greater need. But instead of worrying about tomorrow, but when tomorrow comes, God will have sufficient resources for tomorrow. I just love that thought. See, some people are just so overwhelmed by worry. Because, because they look at tomorrow through today's eyes. But knowing instead that when I come to tomorrow, then the grace will be sufficient for tomorrow. The power will be sufficient for tomorrow. The sufficiency will be there when tomorrow comes. But I'm just living on the grace and the sufficiency of right here and right now. How many know he's the today God? He's the daily God. How many love that? He's just the, the daily God. Now, it's interesting. That word bread actually in Hebrew actually means life, health, and godliness for all you require for life, health, and godliness. And when you say, Lord, give me everything I need for today. You know what that means? That means God Give me ideas 
today for my job. It means, give me wisdom today for my children. It means, give me today the dreams, the concepts, the visions I need for today. It means, give me the protection I need today. Give me the strength I need today. Give me the peace I need today. Everything I need for today. Give me everything I need today to do your will. Whatever that requires today. Today you might need an incredible ability of wisdom. God, I need wisdom today. Tomorrow, you might need amazing strength, but not today. And so, your daily bread tomorrow is strength. Your daily bread the day after may be peace. You know what I'm saying? So whatever that day brings, God is sufficient to give you what you need for that day. Do you know when it begins? By saying, God, give me. I'm asking you today for every ability, sufficiency I need to go through this day. Give me this day my daily bread. Grace for today. It only give you what you need for today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Enough grace for today. Isaiah 55 verse 10. I think there's a a principle here that I just want us to kind of maybe get a hold of. So draw to a close. Isaiah 55 verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow falls from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, is the phrase, that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Here's this picture, really. The idea of God giving bread is this. How do you know that bread begins with seed? Is that true? So there's this picture that we almost are dispensers. In other words, we have seed. As we release the seed, it becomes bread to somebody else. I found this. This this is a principle I heard. I never forgot this principle someone said. He said this. If God can give it through you, then he will give it to you. Let me say that again. If God can give it through you, he will give it to you. In other words, if he gives it you and you hold on to it, you block it, then you're blocking what he wants to know. What's the point of him giving it to you if he can't give it through you? And so God gives to you that he can give through you. And if we learn that principle, we create an open heart for God to begin to pour things in us. Because he's looking for dispensers that he can pour things into somebody's life and as he pours things into their life that becomes seed and as they release that seed that becomes bread to somebody else. How many found that in your own life? That somebody used a seed that to you was bread. (laughs) A need that you had and someone released that need. I just think it just a few months ago. We've never said this but do you name his wedding? We had an incredible need. And I think it was, I th- I th- I it was a week or two weeks before 
we had this envelope that someone gave to us. We don't even know who it was. But someone gave us that envelope. And the money that was in that envelope was exactly the need that we had for that situation, Amy's wedding. Isn't that awesome? In other words, God gave to someone that he could work through someone that was seed to them became bread to us. Amen? I just love that thought. Let me close with this one. I'll close with this. Jesus is, is, in, is, is, is in this room, is in this place, and a woman comes to him who wants deliverance for a son. Remember that story? Wants deliverance for a son. And she says, Lord, would you, would you, my daughter's has got this control and, and she's possessed by devils. Would you deliver her? What Jesus said to her, he says, the bread, he says, deliverance is the children's bread. You don't give children's bread to the dogs. How many would feel that's a little bit, you'd feel a bit insulted. If you can't, you say, Jesus, I really have a need here. He says, sorry, I don't give bread to dogs. I mean, <laughs> but the word dogs actually means those outside of covenants. He was actually saying that the children's bread, healing deliverance, is right there because the children, the, the, the Hebrews, the Jewish children, that's their bread. I mean, love her response. But Lord, if, you, if I just had a crumb, just a crumb is enough to heal my daughter. And Jesus said to a woman, go your way. Your daughter is healed. You have shown great faith. I love it. And here's the point really I'm saying. How many realize that through Jesus... We have come into, into this covenant. And really now, that deliverance is the children's bread. And we are the children, recipients of that bread. Jesus said, it is finished. The work of the cross and all that it done has been achieved. And I think part of that work of that cross is forgiveness of sins. It's healing it's, it's having griefs and pains healed. This whole garment has been made available, and here's the incredible thing. It's the children's bread. It's been made available to you and I as covenant children, as people part of the covenant. Isn't that awesome? So, I'm, so when you say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread, you're actually reminding God of the fact that you are in covenant with him give us this day our daily bread let's just come before him right now would you just stand me for a few moments and let's lift your hand and just come before him today and And just recognize today this great blessing that we have. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't know what you need today. Everybody in this room has all kinds of various needs, every one of us. I love this fact that no matter what they are, God has sufficient resources to meet every single need in this room today. Bread is the children's bread. And he invites us to come and come to his banqueting table 
Say, Lord, thank you for the bread that you offered right now. Why don't you just, right now in these moments, just bring your need before him and come with confidence to Father. Say, Lord, I bring my need before you today. Give, us, give me this day, give us this day, our daily bread. Give to me that you might give through me. Hallelujah. Just spend a few moments with him. Come in as a child. Say, Father, I come to Daddy. I come to Abba today. I have tremendous need right now. It could be a hundred and one things. It doesn't have to be particularly material. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be a hundred and one things. But I think daily bread covers every aspect of life. Give me this day my daily bread. Come to Father right now. Just spend a few moments right there just as the music plays and coming before him. Just tell him your need this morning. Come to Daddy. Come to Father. Come to Abba. Say, Abba, Daddy, Father. I bring my need before you today. Meet my need, I pray. Father in heaven, Father of unlimited resources, meet my need according to your riches and glory today. Maybe you might, right now, you might be thinking of somebody else right now. Pray for them, say, Lord, right now, release that need. I think of that person right now who's got an incredible need right now. I just bring them to you right now and I ask you to, to release your resources into their need right now, into their situation. Give us our daily bread. Give, touch them, Lord. Touch them in our situation. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.